This episode of The Interface, I chat with Mark Wetzig, General Manager of Amphenol IPC in Endwell, New York. Mark has been with Amphenol for 16 years and served in a number of sales, marketing, and business development roles before heading to IPC. We talk about how he and his team have been dealing with the effects of the coronavirus pandemic on his business and how their facility in China helped them prep for what to expect in North America. We talk about being raised in Sydney, New York in the shadow of Amphenol Aerospace. We also talk about what he learned most from his time as a salesperson in Florida and as a business development manager for Amphenol Borish Technologies before accepting his first general manager's role at IPC. This is The Interface. Here we are. We've finally gotten together. After all those years of always being together just about every day, and then you left me, I left you, and now we're back together again, <laughs> at, at least on the phone. Um, yes. So, Mark, just to kind of set the scene of where we are right now, um, from a time standpoint, it is Thursday, May 7th, 2020, as we're in, uh, again, the throes of of dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and you at Amphenol IPC. Just real briefly, how has it affected your business uh, down in Endwell, New York? Well, I'm going to answer the question actually in terms of how it's affected the business in, in multiple sites. And, uh, and and I'll get to Endwell, but chronologically, this started for, for my business at, at the end of January, you know, our Nantong facility in China. Mm-hmm you know, went into Chinese New Year dealing with uh, with uh, the situation that certainly you've you've talked through on other podcasts and with other people. I think we're all familiar with at this point. So so it was, it, it was kind of interesting going through at the time thinking that this was obviously going to stay in China, but uh, it was a significant effect on, on, on the business there. And an act, actually, uh, Johnson Long, who's my business development manager for the Asia Pacific region, lives in Wuhan and he has kids Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, you know, young, young children. And, and so he immediately went and had gone into the lockdown and, and I was talking to him and, you know, this kid's starting to go to school online and kind of dealing with, with uh, probably, you know, obviously the most severe uh, form of this lockdown, certainly that, that we've seen globally. So that was obviously, uh, that was an eye opener, but I, I have to admit that at the time, I think, I had felt, uh, as I think a lot of people did, that you know we were going to work through this in China, and we were working through those plans, some mitigation if we needed to move sites to North America, but that it wasn't it wasn't going to spread. And then that team, I, I do have to say, did an amazing job, both you know making sure that the teams were healthy and safe, and uh, and then getting the business up and running in a really short amount of time. And, and so you know, kudos to. Mr. Zhu and, and and all the support that that we actually got, you know, Sherry Sun is local local HR in Nantong, and uh, the amount of work that her and her team have done uh, there locally, I think, is 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 heroic. The the video that Adam recently did, and it's it's absolutely true. It's it's not uh, it's not an exaggeration. So it's interesting that we've kind of went through that process in China. I know it's not completely behind them, but it's, it is getting back to normal certainly from a business standpoint they're almost uh, pre covid in terms of, of just operationally uh, obviously with some challenges in terms of managing that and, and mm-hmm. ensuring the spread doesn't happen again then obviously it you know in the march time frame was when you know we 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 realized that there was no doubt we were going to be dealing with it here locally and you know the endicott facility was just finishing up uh, our, our, our larger production program. So we only had some small programs going on when this hit. So, so for the most part, I mean, we had all but 
really a couple people um, working from home, um, certainly by the end of March. And then obviously it became an issue in Nogales and in Mexico and for most of the month of April, or certainly, I'm sorry, all the month of April, that, that's, that's been a challenge. I think so far locally, the cases have remained pretty low in the Nogales area. We hope it stays that way. But, uh, you know, fortunately, we were, we were able to, and the optimized team, you know, with Thane's leadership, was able to very quickly take lessons learned from China and put those in place, I think, probably much more proactively than, than a lot of other people did. So that's kind of the local site challenges, yeah. but as, as you can appreciate, you know, for myself and I know my team, for the last two months, um, we've spent lots of time on Zoom meetings, and and it's been a it's been a very interesting uh, uh, experience, I guess, to put it mildly. Yeah, to put it mildly for sure. Uh, you've had a bit of a unique, or you have a bit of a unique perspective on not this because no one really has any experience whatsoever dealing with something like this. That's such a, a something that affects literally every person it seems like on the planet here or at least adjust their life but you working in sydney you and i for a number of years having to deal with a couple of very catastrophic events in the factory while we both work there um specifically there was two major floods that shut down our factory for a while was there anything from those times when you were a part of that that you were able to use with your team uh, once you had to start going through this and you could see what was happening and you have to kind of calm people's nerves and and make sure that as a leader that you set a precedent and set an example of of how uh, this should operate even though we don't know what's going on from minute to minute hour to hour day to day this is probably more different than similar to those situations but there are some things i think that no matter no matter what the situation is consistent and and, and first and foremost you know, when you get these, you get these types of, you know, life-threatening situations. I mean, the first thing is it, it certainly, it certainly uh, heightens the, the focus on, on, you know, let's, before we even look at anything else, let's make sure that, that, uh, that, that people are safe mm-hmm. and, and, and people, you know, that people are safe as much as obviously we can control that, but also that they, you know, that they, they feel comfortable, right? Because even if, even if I could give someone some data that says, Hey, this is why you're not in trouble. If they don't feel comfortable, it doesn't matter what what I what I tell them and right. and, and what I say. They're not going to be comfortable, which means they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be happy. They're not going to be able to do their job yeah. correctly. And 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 that's you know that's going beyond obviously doing everything we can to make sure that that that, that they are, you know. And, and that was obviously the case, you know, not that I was I was leading or anywhere near leading or managing the business at the time with the floods, but I know that that's you know that's the way that that Gary and Rick had had approached those, and and that certainly became the hype. You know, the other piece of it is is certainly making sure that you know in in parallel to that you're communicating and setting up you know setting up a a structure and a process so that people can still, you know, know what they need to work on. And, and honestly, most importantly, in any of these situations that, you know, after you make sure your people are safe, you, you, you know, you talk about and put a plan together as far as how you're going to communicate to your customers, mm-hmm. you know, how are you going to prioritize what you, what you build and, and how you're going to talk about that with your customers and with your teams, you know, those, those are definitely kind of the first two big things that, you know, once you focus on those, I think people, you know, they, they as much as you can affect this, obviously, as, as a manager at a business level, you know, people start to be able to get into a rhythm because they know what they need to be focused on. Hey, I need to know above all else that I got to keep myself and everybody else safe. And and then, you know, the, 
now I got to figure out, okay, this is what I can do. And this is, I got to communicate to my customers early and often so that they can manage. And, and, and I think a lot of people, you know, something I learned and took away from other situations like this is, you know, the customers who tend to be the toughest, you know, you, you kind of, you know, there's a party. It's like, uh, you know, I, 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 I hesitate to communicate this, you know, typically significant <laughs> slip in their schedule, but you do find very quickly that, you know, they, 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 they do understand, right. They, right. They, it's not, it's a very different, it's a very different, uh, it's a different world. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I'm, I'm glad to see that you and the team so far are dealing with it rather well. And we'll get off this now because I'm sure, I guess, unfortunately we could talk about this all day, but, uh, we'll save that for, for different podcasts. But you've been with Amphenol, I think about like 16 years now, right? Because you're like way behind me by months. So, um, yes. Yeah. Yes, 16 years. 16 years as of June. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was probably close to that. So you you were born and raised, or at least raised in Sydney, but then moved to uh, Binghamton, Binghamton, New York, and finished high school. But Amphenol was certainly a huge presence, at least Amphenol Aerospace and the industrial group as well, were a large presence in your life growing up in Sydney. And your father, obviously, being a director of sales for the industrial group as well. So you've had a long family history with this, with the company for a long time. Can you talk a little bit about what that means to you and, and how important it is for you as as you go about your career with Amphenol? Um, yeah, I know there's a lot uh, there. That's I know a, that's a that's a that's a very deep question. Um, yeah. No, I, 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 you're right. It is. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because on the one hand, you know, I, I kind of half joke that I, I, I had a stretch of time there between, you know, when I moved to Binghamton and then I went off to college. I mean, I, I went to school for, to college for criminal justice. I mean, I feel like I was, I was doing everything I could to not intentionally, obviously, but you know, my path did not seem anywhere near kind of going back to Sydney, if you will, and working in, in, at Amphenol and Interconnect, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, it was my destiny. Um, <laughs> sorry, boy. May the, May the 4th, uh, was just, it was just behind us. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you talk about, when you go to work somewhere and, you know, having a level of attachment to, you know, the place that you work. I mean, I went and started working at, I started working in, in, in Sydney and there was people that knew me that I didn't even know. And right. Like, oh, I remember, you know, I, I remember last time I saw you, I'm like, I have no idea who you are like that, but you know, uh, I didn't think of it at the time, but you know, in terms of, you know, by the time I'm out in sales and I realized that I'm, you know, the business that I am responsible for growing when I go back to the factory, like that's, that's contributing to people working in Sydney. And I know these people's, you know, I, I went to high school with their kids and I, you know, it's, it's, uh, so there's no way to, to, uh, to, um, to deny the fact that, that, you know, in terms of my level of commitment and, and, and attachment to the business was, was, uh, was kind of there before I obviously even started. So your father, John, who, again, we just, we, I was just talking about was, um, sales director for the industrial group when he retired, what were, I'm sure you learned way more from him than you can ever relay in a podcast episode here, but what were a couple things that you learned from him, whether it was something he specifically told you or just observing how he worked and his interactions that you think have stuck with you throughout your career so far? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I think that the things that he told me that I've stuck with are actually 
relatively sh it's short because I feel like so much more of it, you know, obviously just came from, you know, the lessons that you get in terms of how you how you handle certain problems, situations, how you how you deal with people. Um, but there was a number of things early on that were just especially when I went into sales. Right. He, had, he definitely had, you know, he had some nuggets in terms of, you know, in terms of uh, probably more importantly, most importantly, some of the things revolving around, you know, hey, you're in sales, make sure that you, you know, make sure that you communicate what you're doing and, uh, you know, with, with communicate with your boss, let them know what you're doing because, you know, people don't, they don't see, you know, they don't necessarily see uh, what you're doing day to day and don't assume they know how hard you're working or what you're working on. And so, you know, make sure you go out of your way to communicate. And then, you know, a lot of just nuggets on, 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 it's just, just kind of, uh, you know, kind of key sale thing, sales things with dealing with customers in terms of, uh, in terms of follow-up and, 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 and a level of persistence. But I, even once I start to say that, I feel like honestly more of it came from stuff that it wasn't like, Hey, let's sit down and talk about this. But, mm -hmm. you know, having a father who he's one of those people that, that, that didn't really let big challenges get him down. I mean, you know, as you can imagine, just growing mm -hmm. up, just life, like, you know, so, you know, the way you de deal with certain situations and certainly, and certainly he would have had enough of them uh, when I was a kid and just seeing somebody that, you know, almost always dealt with a situation with a very high level of persistence, you know, certainly not ever going to give up um, and, and a level of optimism that, you know, if you, if you work hard and you're straightforward and honest with people, um, you know, you can get things done. So you've had a number of different roles in your career at Amphenol and have moved around a little bit for sure in your 16 years, starting out in Sydney. And then you went into sales down in Florida and then, uh, had some other jobs as well. But just talk about that time where you were in Florida being a, a sales rep. What was that like? First of all, before we go there, full disclosure, my very first job was customer service and the person that trained me was Chris Capello. So I, I owe so much to you, Chris, in terms of the lessons and and uh in and uh in life and in in my in, in professional work. So so thank you, Chris. Um You're uh, you're very welcome. Checks in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, I sat on a customer service desk for about six months, which was a big part of my training before I went I went into sales, uh, moved to Orlando. Um, I think Brad Wolf, you know, picked my apartment for me because it was very close to the airport and centrally located in, in terms of all <laughs> of my customers. And again, only half joking there, but, yeah. but having Brad, having Brad Wolf, uh, you know, talk about mentors, having Brad Wolf as oh, my yeah. first, having my first boss. I mean, having somebody that not just had the experience, um, but actually, you know, he had the desire to want to teach and want to see me do well. And I just, I, I you know, I, I do, I, I owe so much to Brad for that because I learned a lot early on and, and, uh, and, and a lot of lessons that the best thing about sales, both in terms of things that I learned from Brad, but I think sales in general is, you know, obviously I'm biased here, but it's just one of the best experiences I think you can have early on because you, you immediately start to learn why customers buy from you and it's it's not why do they pick this part out of a catalog and that is an important aspect of it but like what are the things that that 
that an engineer thinks about when they're designing something in and they need to make that this like what how do they go through that process what are the things that are going to bother them what are the things that are going to excite them and same with supply chain people and seeing that and learning that real time it's so critical to say why do people you know if you don't know why, why people are going to buy your stuff and how they're going to make those decisions um i think it's really tough to 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 manage a business so um, and then in terms of, again, both especially working for Brad, but I think for all the salespeople out there, I mean, there's such a high level of accountability. I mean, the customer holds you accountable for almost everything mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that, that when we say holds you accountable. I mean, you may not get that next order, which means it's going to affect how you get paid. And it's I mean, the, the level of accountability is, is is huge. I remember, you know, I remember Brad saying to me at one point. You know, and, and I, I hadn't even gotten to the point where I'd actually gone through the situation. He was like prepping me for it. And it was basically letting me know that like, I don't ever want to hear somebody else get blamed for uh, delivery or for because uh, that's your as far as I'm concerned, it's your responsibility to make mm. sure that that happens. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I can't fire that person back at the factory, but I can fire you. <laughs> <laughs> And if you know Brad, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't meant and didn't come across as a threat, but you take, the, I mean, he's, he's also very serious. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's what accountability is all about. And that was, those are big things that kind of stick out to me during that, you know, probably five year stretch of my you know, early in my career. If I remember correctly, I'm trying to remember your, your personal timeline. So if I get it messed up, you can correct me. Then you went to Amphenol Borish Technologies after that? I actually moved back to, back to Sydney from Florida for a year and okay. it's confusing. So even me correcting you is difficult and I don't always get it right. But, <laughs> um, and that was, you know, that was when I was still a business development manager slash responsible for oh, right. cable assemblies at AAO right. slash inside sales. Right. <laughs> and yes. then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, almost, almost exactly a year after we had moved back, then, uh, I, I moved out to Grand Rapids, uh, and, and joined the Borscht team. What was that like when you did that? Cause that was a, big move as well, um, going to a company that we had acquired just a little bit before you actually went, went up to Grand Rapids or over to Grand Rapids. So what was that like with your first division that was really radically different from what you had been brought up in, so to speak, in Amphenol and Sydney, uh, going to a, a fairly new acquisition and then trying to incorporate that Amphenol business development model into Borish? That was a huge change. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think I can, I can understate that. I, and I, and I, and I could say certainly in retrospect, and I, and I, and I learned, I think, pretty early on that it was a bigger change than I, than I was, was even expecting it to be. I, I think there was a lot that I had taken for granted, not, you know, in, in terms of the ethanol culture that uh, I, I almost assumed that at least some of that was going to be consistent you know, across businesses. And so, you know, going into ABT, um, you know, I was coming into an organization that uh, A, had been recently acquired. B, I, I was the only ethanol person there, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was the only person transplanting in and and the, the people that sold are, are John Borsch, who started that company and sold to ethanol and, and as, as well as his, as one of his sons, who was my boss, you know, they were still there and managing the business. So, I almost say where to begin, but uh, it was it was a big transition. It was a it was a great learning experience, and I also it was a great experience because I also learned. I mean, I, I don't want that to come across as oh, you know, these guys didn't know the way, and I had to, but because I learned so much, um, you know, from John Borsch and and uh, and Bob Burnett, who I you know worked with very closely when I 
when I came there and, and the team there that um, that I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have that perspective on. And there's a lot of really great things that I took away from it. Yet, how long were you there? You were there for what, like four or five years as well? Yeah, five years. Yeah. Yep. And then you came yep. back to Sydney for a third time. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll, you know, I think I'd be remiss to mention that in that five years, you know, definitely, I think within a year and a half, Bill Callahan actually came on board. So then there was another, you know, kind of shift, but that was a great experience because, you know, having Bill come in, who, who's one of those people that I say was a kind of a perfect fit for Amphenol, you know, coming, he came from Smith's Interconnect, but, you know, came in and it was, it was clearly, uh, he jumped right in and loved the, loved the structure and the style. And then I, I learned a lot again, in terms of his approach. And then, um, and then, yeah, then I came back 2016 to work for Ray, um, in the commercial air, mm-hmm. the nascent, uh, commercial. Now it's a formal group at the time that, you know, we were aligned with the PCD team, but, uh, came back to Sydney and, uh, and, uh, and worked for Ray and, uh, and, and got to learn a lot more about the commercial air side of the business and all the other stuff that you learn from Ray Cummings. Yes. Which, yeah, you and I have learned a heck of a lot from Ray Cummings during all this time too. You did your graduate degree. Um, I think it was it Michigan state. Did I get that right? That's correct. Oh, whew, I knew it was something like that. So at Michigan state, but you were supposed to go to Binghamton university with myself and a few others and yeah, I still <laughs> I always forget about that actually. I, I it's crazy. I forget I forget all about that. We were crazy. we were in the same class. We were walking into our first day of class for our executive MBA course. And you called me as I'm walking up the steps to the building. Said, Hey, I'm not gonna be there. I <laughs> said, Well, it's our it's our first day of class today. You're like, Yeah. I'm not going to be in class uh, at all. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I'm going to be moving to Grand Rapids and I'm going to be a business development director or manager at, at Amphenol Borish Technologies. And just, you know, once I picked my job off the sidewalk and told the other guys who were with me, it was like, wow, well, good for him. Good for him. But yeah, I just forgot about that story until we were talking or you were talking through the Grand Rapids stuff like, oh, that's right. Yeah, he I, left I forgot about that too. right I in the middle of that. Conversation. Yeah. yeah. Then you you got your first general manager's position and you're at Amphenol IPC now. And I'll, I'll get back to the to the GM portion of it. But for people that don't know a lot about IPC, just give us a brief overview of what your division does. Yeah, so so Amphenol IPC, I mean, at a high level, um, you know, our, our our focus and our value add is on uh, really on power interconnect solutions, and, and specifically, you know, our, our our primary product lines to that end uh, are our bus bars, and really specifically laminated bus bars and powder coated bus bars, and then cable assemblies, um, and uh, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, we've got we've got four locations actually three manufacturing locations today when i took over it was two manufacturing locations but our most of our bus bars historically were made in nantong and that's evolving with with all the things going on and then nogales uh nogales mexico is part of the optimized facility was historically our cable center of excellence um but we're, we're doing a lot more bus bar uh assembly and manufacturing there and then and then endicott um where where we weren't manufacturing for some time, but uh, last year uh, started manufacturing our, our first uh, military program actually uh, out of Endicott. You talked earlier about how you learned so much when you were 
in sales and you did your first sales job down in Florida. And now you've been GM for a couple of years at an Amphenol division. What are some of the things that stick out to you that you have learned the most from running a business? Probably the biggest thing that I've learned, especially in the general manager role, I, I'd say, mo- mo- not I'd say, most of my career, you know, I actually was in a lot of, you know, kind of individual contributor roles, uh, if you will. So, you know, going into a, and I, and I did manage people obviously before, before becoming a general manager, but coming into this role in particular, you know, the, the, the realization that you're supporting your team and giving them the right tools and giving them, you know, the right structure and support and, and challenging, you know, challenging the team um, to do things maybe that they, they don't necessarily think they can do at least off the bat. I mean, that's, that's, um, it's, it's, it's so different, I guess, than, than, than almost everything else that I've done. Right. I mean, it's a big, it's a big transition going from, from, Hey, how, how am I going to go try to attack this market? And what are the ways to do that to, you know, how do I work with a, uh, a business development manager to help them, you know, come up with a plan that, you know, makes sense to them and that that's going to fit with the business. And, mm-hmm. and the same is true with, with obviously all the other functions. It's, it's, uh, that's uh that and i think that's kind of an ongoing uh it's an ongoing it's not something i think that you're ever that that well i don't know that it's something that you're ever uh you ever just get and you think it's something that's always evolving but I, that's that's just been the biggest adjustment for me i think yeah beyond everything else and and i think one of the things that goes with that is you know you're not just responsible for again you're not just responsible for a budget you're not just responsible for a performance of you know, your area of accountability, whatever that may be. But I mean, you're, you're responsible for, and this is, uh, this is so it's, it's, it's obviously so true now, but it's always true. You're, 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 you have a, a higher level of responsibility for the health and safety and, and even the, you know, the quality of life for, mm-hmm. for people that work for you. And I, I, I want to work and I know people want to work in a place that that's an enjoyable place to go to work and that they're working with people that they enjoy working with. And, and, uh, and those are things that definitely start, you know, they start with, with the general manager and, 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 and that's something that I feel like I realized uh, that was a responsibility very quickly. And, and uh, I'm always trying to do a good job there if I can, I hope I'm, I'm hope I'm doing all right, but that's, um, that's a very different world than anything else that I've, that I've ever done. Well, Mark, I have to say, since I, I kind of raised you in this business, I'm, I'm awful proud of you. <laughs> I, and I and I and I meant to say at the end of that, thank you. <laughs> I'll take your laughter as as genuine and sincere. <laughs> and I don't think you know as as we wrap up here, we we didn't get to any Lebowski references. So if you want to quick spit one out before the end of the the episode, you're you're more than happy to. You know, if you uh, want to, I'll re- I'll refrain. Okay, you don't want to put out a a call for uh, you know Larry Sellers or anything like that. <laughs> okay, we we won't do that. But, but in all seriousness, you know, at the risk of sounding sappy, I am proud of you and and what you've accomplished so far in your career. I know there's still more to come, and I always enjoy talking to you and hanging out with you. And glad you did this today. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I I, I I'll accept that uncomfortably, and 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 I and I'll and I'll say you know I. I 
one of the reasons I know you didn't ask me this, but you know, I've been with Amphenol for 16 years, and I think you know one of the one of the reasons I'm still here. There, there, there's a number of them. I is I just the people that I work with, and uh, and you're certainly someone that I've worked with a lot. Obviously, both on a day to day level, but but even you know we've obviously kept in touch over the years, and uh, and uh, so so I'm 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 really glad to see you uh, running this program, uh, these podcasts, and I, I think it's. I know it's something that you love, and I and I and I, and I think it's uh, it's such a value to, to to the business overall. So I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to take part in this, and thanks for uh, for uh, for coordinating this. Well, thank you, Mark, and um, all the best to you and your family, and of course the Amphenol IPC family. Thanks. You too, Chris. Thanks.